Hello once again, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast. This is a great Matt Guybe. I'm excited to have you here, where we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. So, with that in mind, let's get into today's episode. at your feet oh I will pour out my life at your feet as an offering of love and worship unto thee yes I will pour out my life at your feet Oh, I will pour out my life at your feet as an offering of love and worship unto thee. There came a woman unto Jesus, and in her hand she held an alabaster box, and with much brokenness of heart that day she poured her life out at his feet. Oh, I will pour out my life at your feet. Yes, I will pour out my life at your feet as an offering of love and worship unto thee. Good day, Kingdom Corner podcast followers. The great Matt Guybe here from the chilly and wet Pacific Northwest, bringing you another fantastic, revelation-filled episode of the Kingdom Corner podcast. And today we're going to do something a little different. First, I'll read where we're at. We're in Ephesians 5, and we had been reading from the first few verses, and I'm going to read those again, but then we'll do something a little different. Paul writes, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also loved us, and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. This is part two of what we started last week, What Scent Are You Carrying? And I want to touch on a few show notes from last week's episode to bring us up to date. First of all, I said that it was very important, three things in the passage that we're going to get into. Number one, all of us have a name, and that name represents something. I could take you through the Old Testament, and I could show you the names in the Bible. I mean, God has over 20 names for God in the Bible. They're all significant. They all mean something. 
different men in the Bible had names. You know, John, the beloved, John and Matthew, their names both meant gift of God. They're all significant. They show significance. So all of us have an important name, which represents something. And, and I told you before last week that, you know, God calls you different names. He calls me encourager. He calls me teacher. He calls me one of purity. That's something that I've been studying this past week based on a rhema word the Lord gave me uh, out of the Old Testament. Each human being has a name. We all have a body odor. We talked about that last week, which is unique to us. No one has a body sent like you do. And then we must walk in God's light. All these three principles are connected. And that's what uh, this show, this episode is going to be about as we continue on in Ephesians 5 here. Now I want to read you this quote. I think it's so important. We read it last week from Ray C. Stedman from The Call of the Hour, an article that was written, oh, back in the late 60s. He was a preacher. I think it was a Methodist church, but I'm not sure. The purpose of the church is not to make the world a better place to live in. It is to make us, the church's individuals, better people to live in it. We are given the secret, the mystery as Christians. Remember, we talked about the mysterion. I mentioned that a lot, that Paul was given the grace to open up to the Gentiles of what the gospel meant, salvation through Jesus, okay? We are given the secret, that is the mysterion or mystery as Christians. That is the power of the gospel. And we are then to reveal that mystery to the world. This is all revealed, and this is what I'm getting into, by the name we carry, the scent we carry, and letting our light shine. That's how I'll start today's episode. And we're just going to go on here because, you know, we're not in a race to get through Ephesians. We're not in a race to get through this material. I think God would want to highlight some things to us and at the beginning here, last week and this week, I sang that song. I, I think it was from the camp meeting hour, a gentleman by the name of John Storms, or Starnes, I can't think of how to pronounce his name, I believe wrote that song in the 70s, and it was for like the Jimmy Swagger camp meeting hour about pouring our lives out at Jesus' feet and the picture of Mary. And we're going to get into that today when we're trying to arrive at some principles or some revelation of truth, I think sometimes there's multiple ways to get there. And so I thought just for a treat for you today, plus it's going to be a shameless plug for me, I'm going to read to you from my recent book, my recent book that came out the middle of August, and I'll tell you later how to get it, Searching for Significance, A Devotional Journey Through Ecclesiastes. Searching for Significance, A Devotional Journey Through Ecclesiastes. I'm reading in chapter 10. It's just twofold here, uh, like killing two birds with one stone. One, I can rave about my book, but number two, it really does tie into the meat of the message that I want to get across to you today. So let's read this now. Perfume, chapter 10, Ecclesiastes 7.1. A good name is better than precious perfume. Perfume was probably first created in ancient Egypt. Our word perfume comes from the Latin word perfumus, meaning through smoke, the smoke referring to incense. So in its basis form, perfume was first created by combining incense with various oils from plants or trees like olive trees. 
Perfume was used to provide pleasant scents when applied to one's body. People also used it to freshen up garments, see Psalm 45.8, as well as the bedchamber, Proverbs 7.17. Perfume was a precious commodity in Bible times, most likely because people could not shower or bathe as frequently as we can today. It was even used in worship services in the temple, Exodus 30.22 through 28. Ecclesiastes 7.1 is the first in a series of several Proverbs showing that good things can come out of seemingly bad situations. Adversity is talked about in Ecclesiastes 7.14. This opening phrase here is a beautiful play on words. The Hebrew word for name is Shem, and the Hebrew word for ointment or perfume is Shemen. The searcher is saying that a good Shem is better than precious Shemen. That is, a good name is better than precious perfume. This contrast, of course, is referring to perfume, which does have the ability to attract others. A good name carries influence with it. However, perfume in comparison does not. Fragrance, when applied or sprayed on an individual or garment, like the word vapor, hebel, used throughout Ecclesiastes, uh, soon passes away. The scent of perfume may attract others for a time, but that attraction is soon gone. On the other hand, a respected name not only attracts others, but endures. So let's, let's make a point or two here. Just kind of interject in the reading and tie this back into Ephesians 5 about where to be the sweet-smelling odor or sacrifice based on Christ's sacrifice. That's really true. And yet this says that, you know, a good name is better than perfume. And it almost seems like the Bible, a lot of times the Bible, if you don't really study it out and look for what God is saying, it seems like it's saying two opposite things. That, you know, it's important to have a good name and perfume is important. But here it's saying, you know, perfume doesn't amount to much because it passes away and a good name is better. But I will kind of come in here and make this point. The perfume that we're talking about in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, where, let me just get back to that again, if I could read that scripture one more time, I just want to get back to that, I'm shuffling through my notes, well, 5, 2, and walk in Christ as God also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And that was an aroma that would last for eternity. And we're going to get into that in this chapter here of my book. And the point is, Jesus had such a strong and powerful name, the name that everybody would bow to, the name above all names that in the end of eternity, every man, woman, and child will bow to. And because of that name, because of his sacrifice, that sweet-smelling fragrance of his sacrifice will last forever. It's different than the perfume Ecclesiastes 7.1 is talking about. And yet, if we have our name and our identity solidly identified in God and in Christ, our sacrifice, our odor, our body scent, as it were, will go on and on and carry on also wherever we go in this world and for eternity. Let's go on. In the world today, many are attempting to put on a sweet-smelling perfume or cologne that will make them appear or smell good to others, yet without a genuine, authentic identity or name, and that's what I just talked about, 
it soon fades away. In conclusion, let's consider an account from the New Testament of a woman in an alabaster box of perfume. Shortly before Jesus was to go to the cross, he went to visit his friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus in Bethany. He met them for dinner and fellowship at the house of Simon the leper. Reading from John 12, 1-8. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving, but Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples who was intending to betray him, said, Why was the perfume not sold for three hundred denarii and given to poor people? Now he said this not because he was concerned about the poor, but because he was a thief, and as he had had the money box, he used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore Jesus said, Let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. Here we see the lifelong friends of Jesus, sisters Mary and Martha, and their dear brother Lazarus, who Jesus had raised from the dead. Likely this was the last time they were to see him alive, and here we are provided with a story that shows exquisite adoration, worship, and commitment to Jesus. John tells us Mary took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house filled with the aroma of the perfume. The significance of this simple act leaves me in awe as I read through it. Here was a woman, Mary, who personally knew the King of Kings. She had seen him raise her brother from the dead and certainly heard his proclamations of being the Messiah. With this act, she unashamedly acknowledged the essence of her, his purpose and ministry, the salvation and restoration of her people. By honoring Jesus and anointing him for burial, she was showing that she knew the significance of his name. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. John 5, or 8, 58. Jesus said unto them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So we're showing the significance in these passages of Jesus' name. Mary declared the importance of Jesus' name by pouring costly perfume on his head and feet. Some commentators say this perfume was worth a whole year's salary. This demonstration shows total commitment, love, and worship for Jesus. Here was an aroma that would not waft away because of what this very personal act of adoration meant. Now listen, this is really good. In the book of Mark, Jesus said this of this act of, or Mark said of this act of worship, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. 
Mark 14.9. Because of this simple act of worship, of pouring out that costly year's worth perfume, Mary's name would always be remembered. However, there is even more for us to ponder here. The flask that Mary broke was a pure white alabaster box or container. Alabaster is a genuine white stone with much the same appearance of marble. However, it is easily etched or carved upon. It crumbles easily. We are figuratively, as people, typologically, vessels, that is, pouring out our lives before the Father in worship. That's what we're to be doing. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. In verses 8 to 11, the scripture alludes to the process, and we're talking in 2 Corinthians here, 4, alludes to the process of being broken through trials and afflictions. We are easily broken, like the earthen vessel made of pure white seashells, which easily crumbled or shattered. Let's read this verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 11. Go on in this chapter. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. As this process of trial and adversity breaks us, the life of Jesus can exude out of us to others, which is a form of worship as we give ourselves to the world. It has been scientifically proven that we each, as human beings, carry a distinct body, odor, or scent. We can also bring this sweet scent of his presence and spirit that can waft out of us to draw others to the Father. See, that's what we've been talking about the first uh, lesson in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Just like when Mary's smell of perfume filled the whole room once she broke the flask, Song of Solomon 4.16 expresses the idea that the Father wants the fragrance of us, his garden, to carry everywhere. We are his garden, typologically. Our individual sense, because of his spirit within us, are precious to him. Revelation 8.4 says, And the smoke of the incense with prayers of the saints went up before God out of the angel's hand. 2 Corinthians 2.15 For we are a sweet fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Ooh, we are a sweet fragrance of Christ to God among those being saved and those who are perishing. Wow, that's powerful. Ephesians 5.2 For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are being, are perishing. See, our lives, like we're saying, we are a scent that draws people, those that are saved, our brothers and sisters, so we can encourage them, and those, maybe our neighbor, maybe a person we work alongside that aren't saved, we draw them too to be saved by the fragrance that we carry. We've been talking about that last week and now this week. Significance point from my book at the end of chapter 10. We are his perfume. And because the work that Jesus accomplished, because we are in him, as 1 Corinthians 1.30 states, by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, 
our scent will carry on for eternity. So we need both the scent and the name. That's what we need. I mean, the scent means nothing. Everybody in the world carries a scent. But what makes it memorable and unforgettable and indelible with people is the scent we carry as sons and daughters of the Most High God. That will last for eternity. Those, that's the scent we give up in our prayers, like it said here in this chapter I read. So that is Perfume, chapter 10 of Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through Ecclesiastes. That is another resource I have besides the podcast. You can go to LazarusTribe.media, Lazarus, just like we read about, LazarusTribe.media, purchase that book, and then I'll put another another link on here from Amazon as well in the show notes, LazarusTribe.media. That's a simple way to get it. But I'll put a, also for those of you that want to shop at Amazon, there is a, a link there that I will put up in the show notes to my book. And, uh, and I also have a course, you know, I think I talked a lot about that last week. I may put that in the show notes as well. The course and the book go together. It's a beautiful audio course I have a video course where there's also a beautiful workbook that my friend Tyler Frick created uh, that goes right along as you're following the audios which follow the book. Not exactly. There's a few other things that I add in there. In fact, when I was recording all this is right when January, February, March, when COVID-19 was really beginning to accelerate. And so many of those teaching sessions, 20 to 30 minutes apply to the adversity of COVID-19 and to the adversity that we're going through as a nation. It's very timely. God gave me that, I believe, for saints in this season that we're in right now. It's very timely. You have to get it, as people say. And I'm not one to, to push things that I sell. Maybe that's why I haven't always been a success. But I just really believe in my heart that you wouldn't be disappointed if you got the book, if you got the course, we're prepared to give you 20% off. I'll put that all in the show notes. So having said all that, we talked about how important the name is and how important the scent is and how they go hand in hand together. Without the name backing up the scent, it'll be like a hebel, like a like a breath that just goes away. So let's look again here in Ephesians and see how we might close this out. Because we're coming up on time here. We may just come right back to this next week because we're just beginning really this chapter. We've only touched on verses 1 and 2. And I think we've read about all those verses and the contrast. We haven't said about the contrast, but that's what he's going to go into here in the next verses that we need to show. We've shown you about being how important the name was. Your name is significant, and God calls you different names. I mean, you have a name, and it means something. I'm so thankful my name, Matthew, means gift of God. But you have a name that means something, and then God calls you other names, you know, depending on the season that you're in. Every name tells a story. There's a story in your name. And um, I think, let me see, the next part of the verse, as we go on, it's a contrast. Verses 3 to 7 is a real contrast of how we're not to be, how we're the opposite of this as saints of God, and how being the opposite of this, we're actually the light. I told you there were three things, the name, the scent, and being the light. And we're going to get into that. That actually talks about in verse 8, 
It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. And that's after he's read three, or we've, that's after he spoke in verses three to six about all those works of darkness that he said, no, you're not that, but you are light. And we're going to, I believe we're going to stop for today. We will come back to this next week. And we'll begin to go into the contrast of this, of what the contrast is to light, what the contrast is to the perfume, what the contrast is to having a good name. And we'll talk about that. So for now, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining the Kingdom Corner podcast, where we talk about all things kingdom. In the kingdom, you carry a weighty name. In the kingdom, you carry a wonderful scent. And in the kingdom, as you walk as kingdom saints, you are knights with shining armor that is shining out to the world. Be blessed, my friend. Thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner Podcast. Thank you once again for being part of the Kingdom Corner. Make sure you click that subscribe button so you get notified every time we release a new episode. Welcome to the family. Be blessed.